everyone. Welcome back to Kicks and Kicks, back from our, our semi-week off last week. Last week, Scotty and Nick had you with the Champions League early in the week. We couldn't get together midweek to, to record our regular episode, so we hope you enjoyed all of our picks on Patreon. We made those free for all um, since we couldn't record the podcast. If you took advantage, um, we're happy to hear that. If you didn't, keep an eye out because we do post some free picks on Twitter and our Patreon page, which is our, our pod name, Kicks and Picks, on Patreon. Uh, we'd love for you to check that out. So, Normally, Nick leads the show. We don't know. Scott, Nick says he's out to dinner with family who's in town. We think he's out watching the Florida Panthers probably get eliminated tonight against the Bruins. I I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Yeah, super suspect. He was first on the text chain this morning setting up the the podcast recording times and then go to hit him up when it comes time to hit the record button. And dude says he's not home. He's at dinner with family that he was supposed to be home an hour ago, but it just so happens to coincide with the, uh, the Panthers last game of their season, uh, assuming the Bruins pull this out. So a little MIA on, on Mr. Nick. Um, if anybody sees him on Twitter, let us know because we're, we're looking for our, our third uh, host here. Yeah. I guess he probably thought the Bruins would be up about three nothing by now. He'd be safe to jump on and record and, and not miss anything good for the Panthers, but it's one, one. So maybe he's trying to hold out hope there, but you know, people like him with two hockey teams to root for, he's got his Rangers tomorrow too. So I guess he's got a fallback plan. We don't all have that luxury. Yeah. Priorities. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll jump right into it. It's it's Wednesday evening here on the East coast U S. So most of the midweek premier league round is over. We've got a couple matches tomorrow, including Newcastle, which we've got our eye on. As part of our, our midweek patron picks. But the big one was today, City, Arsenal. Um, really, this was kind of like the last stand for Arsenal. Arsenal has been carrying the lead all season. They're still technically in the lead in the league. But this 4-1 beatdown by City with their two matches in hand, really, I mean, I'll just I'll just read the new odds, Scotty. After the 4-1 victory today, it's City minus 1,600 to win the Premier League. Arsenal's now plus 950. The books say it's over. What do you say? What what'd you make of the match today? And then what do you say about the, the title race? Yeah, it's definitely over, um, which is unfortunate because there still is six or so games left in the season. Yeah. So it does kind of put a little bit of a damper on, on how the season is going to finish out. Um, and it was a pretty good season up until about like the last week or two. I mean, now that it's over, it's, it's tough, but you know, Arsenal, obviously a big story. Um, I think Brighton is another big story. A lot of the ups and downs, a lot of downs with Chelsea, um so it, it it's a little bit too uh, i don't want to say it's too bad but um the fact that we are now really just focused on the relegation battle is is i don't think indicative of how well the season really was across the board but coming into this match uh arsenal absolutely need to get a result just to kind of keep any sort of pressure on city um even a draw i think would have been fine um you know it, it basically would have made city need to win out and, and given Arsenal a little bit of breathing room, uh, especially with some of the, the softer teams on their schedule. But uh, I don't know that this game was really what lost it for them. I think it's kind of similar to, to Liverpool's title charge six or seven years ago where they lost it to, to Chelsea and everyone remembers the, the Steven Gerrard slip and, and they say that's kind of what cost them the title that year. But I just remember the Crystal Palace game where they were up three nothing and then blew that lead in the last, I don't know, 13 minutes, I think. Um, and that's kind of what I think Arsenal are going to look back. They had that 2-0 lead against Southampton three Southampton, weeks ago. And it just, that, they, giving up that 2-0 lead to that team um, when the form that they were in is just un, unexcusable. Um, I think they also blew a 2-0 lead to, to West Ham too, who were also in relegation zone at the time. So it, 
those will probably be the two matches that hurt the most because yeah. really Arsenal should have been winning those games. And if they win those games and they get the maximum points, they have, you know, four more points now, they still would have a pretty decent chance. And I think the would still be the betting favorites for the books, but um, you know, they, they couldn't pull it out. They put a lot of pressure on, on themselves to get a result at the, at the ad, uh, which is a, brutal place to play um especially the way that city's been playing they've been blowing out everybody they've played they blew out liverpool that not too long ago um they just had a five five one six one win um against uh um southampton i think um they blew out leicester city um so it's you know it's too bad but them's the breaks arsenal i i can't feel too bad for you because that's been the, the pill that liverpool had to swallow pretty much four out of the last five seasons um, where you have a great season. You're going to probably put up, you know, 85, 90 plus points and you're still going to finish second because this city team with Pep Guardiola is just an absolute monster. Yeah. You referenced the two, the two nil lead that they blew to Southampton. Other they blew it to Southampton to West Ham and the, the match before that to your Liverpool. So three matches in a row where they were up two nothing early and, and every match they had a goal within about the first 10 minutes and they got off to fast starts. I mean, last, last week it was, First, uh, actually, um, oh, no, I'm sorry. They were down 2 nothing to Southampton. That That's my mistake. The two before that, they were up 2 nothing. So Southampton actually got off to the fast start last week. So that is definitely the match of all three that you probably pinpoint. But when you get up 2 nothing against a Liverpool who is basically mid-table this year, you get up yep. 2 nothing against a West Ham who's, who's fighting relegation, that just probably slowly starts to plant the seed of doubt, right? It happens against Liverpool. In isolation, that match is not the end of the world because it's still Liverpool. It's still a quality side, just having a rough season. You move on. If you get the win against West Ham, you probably straighten the ship against Southampton. You probably maybe come in more confident. Maybe you don't give up that goal in the first minute, which kind of set the tone there. And then even though they came back, they ended up drawing that match also, 3-3. It took two very late goals from Arsenal, 88th and 90th, just just to get the point there. So the City match, I think, it's going to be looked at as the final nail in the coffin, which it pretty much looks to be, but it's that lead up those three matches leading up to it, which is where they really lost the title. Because if you win those three, like they should have, especially being up two nothing in two of them, you have an extra six points on the table. You are even with city winning today, they'd still be eight points up with two in hand. So even losing would not have been the end of the world at the Etihad. And still in their um, control. I think it, yeah, still in their own control. You still control your own destiny, even with the loss, even losing both matches to City, and, and they they kind of threw that away. I think part of this, it's a, a young side, right? You kind of have That's to go through your growing pains. That's exactly I, I what saw, I was going to say. I saw a debate. I forget if it was BT Sport or which Twitter account put it out, but it was, I think it was, um, it might have been Ten Hag quote, basically saying that if Arsenal doesn't win the league, United especially if they can win the FA Cup too, have had a better season than Arsenal because that would be their second trophy, right? They they win the, yep. the League Cup too, right? So um, interesting debate there. Like, do you want to finish runners-up to City by possibly two or three or four points and know you blew the title or walk away with a couple of trophies? That That's an interesting debate. It could set up an interesting dynamic for next season looking a little bit further into the future. But I think youth you got to kind of go through those growing pains. We see it. We're in the NHL playoffs now, the NBA playoffs. All these playoffs, like these young hotshot teams sometimes will get that early elimination their first year or second year in in the mix. And then they kind of find it the next year. So I'm curious to see if Arsenal can do that next season under Arteta because they've, they've made such, they've grown by leaps and bounds this year. Yeah, it, you're exactly right. It's definitely the youth. Um, you know, I, I think when Suri came on a couple months ago, I kind of mentioned that 
last year you could start to see the seeds of it where they had this young talented core that was coming up and you kind of knew it was gonna be an exciting team to watch in the next few years i don't think anybody really saw them coming out and being legitimate title contenders but um it, you know the the youth kind of reared its head in the last few weeks and, and even in this match right uh kevin abroina steps up in like the eighth minute and, and gets that opening goal and that really i mean i think that's really when it was over right that punch it, it is one a one oh lead with 82 minutes left to play but it felt like there was nothing that Arsenal could do to come over to that because it was just right off the bat. And, you know, it just shows, you know, Kevin Bruyne, 30 years old, been in countless, you know, title teams. He's won, he's done very well at, at, in all levels, maybe not as much in international play, but I think that's more of a, I don't think that's his fault. We'll say. Um, and he's the one that stepped up and really ran the show this whole, this whole game. I mean, it, it really was a, a Kevin De Bruyne show. I mean, Holland, Finally, got his goal in like the 92nd minute to really put it to bed. But, um, you know, you, you hope that they can continue to grow from it. I think there are some legitimate concerns where it was like, this is a down year in the Premier League, right? Liverpool are, like you yeah. said, our middle mid-table team. Everton are starting to get it together with, or not Everton, excuse me, Newcastle are starting to get it together with their um, with their money. Um, United have the right manager in charge now, finally. So you'd expect to see them come back in a big way. You know, it, it's it does it's kind of feel like... Yeah, it does kind of feel like this was a good year for Arsenal to really, you know, get it if if they had a chance. Because if Liverpool go out and they get, you know, an overhauled midfield and United go out and they get one or two pieces that Ten Hag can kind of, you know, weave into their existing core, it's going to be a lot tougher for for Arsenal. I mean, it's it's certainly not going to be, um, you know, as easy it was for them in the first half of the season. That's for sure. Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of Napoli and Serie A, right? Napoli got yeah. really good, the perfect season. And this is not taking anything away from what Napoli's done this year, but AC Milan is down. Juve, pretty decent season now that they have their 15 points back, but still down. Inter, definitely, you know, definitely down. below expectations. <laughs> uh, Roma and Lazio have shown flashes here and there, but have been very inconsistent. So everybody else around you is inconsistent, and you're just playing perfect football. We're in a season where you know, Juve was in their their prime of their nine-year run. Like, Roma had a season like Napoli's this year, and they still lost the title by, I think, four points because Juve was that good. Napoli doesn't have to deal with that. Arsenal is kind of doing what Napoli did in terms of, like, the, the vast improvement, but they've got City there, and City is City, right? They, they, they are the cream of the crop in terms of spending money, in terms of build, team building. They have the top manager in the league, arguably top manager in the world still with Pep. And uh, it's it's getting interesting. I mean, before we move on to one other team in the Premier League, Scott, City. Now, they have the FA Cup final against United. First time a Manchester Derby in that final. They have not conceded a goal in the FA Cup, I saw, um, heading into that final. They obviously have, are in control of their own destiny here in the title run. And Champions League semifinal against Real Madrid. And if they can get through it to AC Milan or Inter Milan, how likely, like, what maybe percentage would you put a treble at right now? Like, it... It's getting oh, increasingly more likely. The treble is very likely. I think it's, I wouldn't say it's a given. I mean, with the injuries that United are dealing with right now, I don't really see them having a chance against City, right? The Their back line yeah. is is not going to fare well against Manchester City's attack. So it, I think if if they can get through Real Madrid in the semis, you know, they have two legs to do it, which helps them because I, I think they are the better squad. Um, usually if you expect them to drop, you know, a, a result here, it's, it's going to be one. So um, the fact that they get Madrid over two legs instead of, you know, in one take all matchup in the finals that works in their favor. But if they get to the final against either of the Milan squads, uh, I mean, I, I don't see those guys competing 
Um, so I, I think you know, it's very much on the table for them. I think it's very much on the table, the treble, because I think the league is there. So at this point, right. It would, it would take a, yep. uh, not a collapse from them, but it would take some, some pretty major slip ups considering the two matches in hand. Um, like you said, if I know it's not till June 3rd, the FA cup final, but I think they're, they are the clear favorite. I know United's beaten them this year, but, uh, depending on what United looks like in terms of injuries and things like that, city's going to be favored going into that one. I think it comes out of beating Real Madrid. If you beat yeah. Real Madrid, who are the defending champions who always turn up in, in the Champions League, I don't see them losing to either Milan side. And that's coming from someone who watches Serie A week in and week out and has seen those two sides play quite a bit. Um, I know they both made it to the semifinal, not taking away from that fact, because, uh, but it's kind of been defying what they've done this season domestically. So City's treble, I don't know, I'm maybe... It's gotta be over. I gotta say, at least like sixty-five percent chance at this point, right? If you're if you're looking at the first two as being pretty likely, um, and then it's just getting by Real Madrid, I, I think you're probably looking at better than fifty percent chance at this point. Yeah, I'm with you a hundred percent. It really does come down to Madrid. Uh, I think that is going to be appointment television for anybody that enjoys watching yeah. European club soccer in any capacity. And even if you don't, even if you're just a generic soccer fan, like that's going to be it because. Madrid have really been the class of Europe for the last seven, eight years. You know, they have yeah. at this point three, four you know, Champions Leagues um, yeah, like in that time period. Like almost every other year, right? Yeah. So, you know, and then we all know that City's shortcomings have been in, the, in in Europe. So, like, this really does feel like almost like a seminal moment in Manchester City's, you know, history because that's been the one thing that's been so elusive for them. And to be able to have a chance at getting to that final and potentially winning it and going through, you know, Europe's elite. Cause um, you know, they had Bayern too, right. In the, in the quarterfinals. Yeah. So um, not an easy path clubs. by any chance. So it, it'll be interesting. I, I can't wait to watch Nick and I will be do a breakdown. I'm, I'm sure between that and the Milan Derby, you got two very, very interesting matchups for, for completely different reasons. And, and then if Milan is the team that makes the final, just from a historical standpoint, you have Real Madrid, Bayern and, and Milan in that path. Yeah. Those are like probably the three I, I, I have to fact check myself, but champions league winners. I know Madrid's yeah. got the most. I'm pretty sure Milan is second or Bayern is second. Um, it's almost like if you want to be the poster child of European soccer now with all the money they've spent, what better way to do it than to go through those three clubs that have won so many champions league trophies. Yeah. hundred percent. It'll be again. It's like, it almost feels like it's written in the stars in a, in a weird way. Yeah, for sure. Um, and just moving on, one more thing before we get into our buy or sell. We have to talk about one other Premier League club. It's it's one of the big clubs that's performing even worse than your Liverpool's got. It's Chelsea. Chelsea has been absolutely terrible. And before you go, just real quick to uh, give that list. Real Madrid, 14 titles. Milan, seven European titles um Bayern sixth level with Liverpool so yeah the three most successful clubs between the European Cup and UEFA Champions League historically it's a it's a very good storyline it's it's almost fact is is better than fiction yeah so to Chelsea another loss today to Brentford I think you mentioned before we started two points in their last was it eight matches in the league um winless under under Frank where do they go I mean this this was a match when I was reading some of the previews People are saying, you know, this could be the match where Chelsea plays a little looser. They got nothing nothing to lose at this point. Maybe we see a little more fluidity from them. They got shut out by Brentford at home. Yeah, there's there's reason, there's lots of reasons for concern. I mean, you can try to write it off and say they know that the season is not going the way that they want it to. And so results at this point are neither here nor there. 
Um, but at the same time, like you need to see something, right? Like you just spent yeah. 600 million pounds on whatever, 11 plus players. And, and it's all top players. Like it wasn't just, you know, guys that they were kind of pulling up from the, the scrap heap. Um, and it, they really don't have anything to show for it. It's just kind of this mismatch of, of talent and being played in all the, the wrong places. Um, did they address the right needs? It doesn't seem so. So it, there's lots of reason to concern. I mean, they're also looking at, you know, we, we kind of joke about it, but you know, the financial fair play implications are that they're going to have to probably start selling some players in the, in the next window or two, just to kind of offset some of that spending. Um, and some of the guys that they're talking about losing are, are some of their younger talented guys like Mason Mount. So uh, whoever they bring in next is going to have to be a, a home run hire. I know, Pochettino right now is kind of the heavy name being favorited or being linked around. Um, I don't, I don't know how that really works because Poch has never really had, had success with those type of squads, right? Like he went to PSG and flamed yeah. out with the same exact type of, you know, spending. Um, he really had a success when expectations were mid-level with Tottenham, right? It's like, Hey, if you can get us into the top four and maybe win us a trophy, like we're happy, but he's not going to find that at Chelsea, especially when you're spending you know, hundreds of millions of pounds every window. Um, so he's gonna have his work cut out for him. I think there's a lot of guys that they've signed up that are dead wood um, already. I just think they've got their contract and it's gonna be hard for him to come in and motivate. Um, so it it's it's really a rebuilding job, even though they've just spent half a billion dollars. It's it's crazy to say that, but it, it is like a real spent. true rebuild. So they're, they're in tough, tough situation. Um, you know, maybe things feel a little bit better if, you know, I think they got what, six games left. If they win four of those games and there might be some sort of sign of like, hey, these guys actually are fighting for something. And there is some sort of squad cohesion that can be carried through in the summer. And um, there's light at this end of the tunnel. But if they kind of keep going this way where they finish, you know, in these last six games and they get six points or fewer, that's tough. I mean, that's that's yeah. tough for, for any manager, much less a guy like Pochettino who... Like I said, it, this is not really his forte. Yeah, tough sell for a manager to come in. Going to be the pressure of all that money being spent. We saw how long Potter lasted. It's definitely a tough look for them. And and they've got Arsenal this weekend, so it'll be an interesting matchup to see if Arsenal's really hungry to bounce back or if maybe Chelsea can catch them reeling a bit. Um, a win for Chelsea could probably go a long way in, in kind of how their season yeah. ends. It's a good um, place for them Arsenal. to kind of springboard, right? If you can get a win yeah. in a local derby like that against the squad that really was the the talk of the town for the first seven months. Yeah. That does go a bit of a, an extra distance. Yeah. So that takes us to our buy or sell. Um, and just real quick, we did, we did peg Brentford in our patron picks midweek. Sure I, did. Have to, I have to have, have to pat our backs there because we had them uh, plus half a goal and cash it at plus money. So um, we, we saw the writing on the wall, wall with Chelsea a bit. But buy or sell heading into the weekend. We still have a couple uh, Thursday matches in the Premier League. One of them doesn't involve Tottenham against United. So Spurs will be heading into Spurs-Liverpool, uh, tied in last in the table, potentially ahead of Liverpool, maybe still tied. We'll see, depending on the result tomorrow. Um, last European spot, Liverpool ahead on goal differential heading into this one. Thanks to that Manchester United 7-1. You got that shout out there, Scott. You, you got to keep to, it in there. Got, got to enjoy <laughs> that win. Well, that's that's your seminal win this season. So uh, where do you see this one going on, uh, I guess, Sunday? Uh, it's it's interesting because it does seem like Liverpool are starting to get it together. Um, they're definitely getting healthier. Uh, you can see it. The game today against West Ham, 
the second half was not going their way coming out of the gate. Uh, West Ham got a second goal that was thankfully called offsides uh, after a VAR check. Um, and then Klopp comes into the substitutes and you get uh, Luis Diaz and, and you get Tiago coming in and all of a sudden it just it changed, right? Like they started getting more possession. They started getting the ball into West Ham's box. They get a corner kick and then they're able to get the, the lead from that. So um, I think the health is is definitely on, on Liverpool's side here. I've been probably more pessimistic on Liverpool's season than a lot of people. I'm always talking, trying to talk Nick out of betting on them, but I, I don't really have much success on it. Um, and I, I do feel like there does there is a corner that has been turned in a, in a weird way. Um, I don't trust them a lot because their defense and, and midfield are still shaky. So it's not like this Liverpool squad of, of old, where even if they have a, an off day getting forward, that they can still get three points by just being solid in the back. Um, they are going to score probably two, if not three goals every game to really get a win. Um, but there are positive signs here on the flip side. You know, how many times we have to say at Tottenham, similar to Chelsea are, are a bit of a rudderless ship, right? They just fired their interim manager, yeah, um, which is crazy. Is now. Yeah. Um, so I think it's Ryan Mason stepping back up as second interim manager. Um, I think they have even less clue who their manager is going to be next season than, than Chelsea. Right. So um, lots of question marks, Harry Kane coming into his contract year. So will he stick around for another season? I don't know. Um, and let's, make sure to bring up the point that they just lost six to one against Newcastle this weekend. So um, they looked as bad as they've ever looked in, in the premier league, yeah. at least in my memory. So, and who um, knows what it could look like against United tomorrow. So before yeah. that match, Scott, this is what the lines look like prior to them playing United right now. Liverpool's minus minus one seventy. The draw line is plus three forty, and Tottenham is plus 400 at Anfield. Do you buy either of these teams to get, Maybe a, I don't want to say emphatic because that's going to be a strong word for either of these teams, but like a, a decisive victory in the race for that last European spot. Yeah. I mean, if it does happen, it's coming from Liverpool, which I hate yeah, saying I out loud. Um, if there's going to be an emphatic win, it's going to be Liverpool at home with the Anfield crowd behind them and playing off this, you know, run of form that's gotten them three wins in a row for the first time, I want to say all season long. Um, meanwhile, Tottenham having conceded you know, 10 goals in their last three matches, nine um, to, to Newcastle and Burnmouth alone. It's not a good spot for them. Um, so I don't see them having this crazy bounce back against Liverpool. Maybe something happens with United that gives them a, an additional spark. Like maybe Ryan Mason figures something out, has a formation change that we're unaware of Wednesday night as we record this. But um, if there's going to be an emphatic win that one team really shows out, it's got to be Liverpool. Yeah, I think so. And, and if things go really poorly for Spurs tomorrow against United, they could really be reeling heading into this match. I think I think they'll be they could be ripe for the picking for Liverpool. I'm buying if either one gets a, a decisive win in the race for the these European spots, it's Liverpool. And again, that that's that's really fluid too because Brighton is, has uh will have three matches in or has two matches in hand right now. We'll have three in hand on Tottenham before the weekend and, and they're within striking distance too. So Nothing is set in stone if either side wins that they're going to get a European spot, um, Europa League, Conference League, either one. But um, yeah. it, it will go a long way in seeing if either of these teams does qualify for Europe next season. And with Chelsea not qualifying for Europe, and I mean, almost guaranteed at this point, and one of these two probably not qualifying for Europe, it really opens up some different dynamics for uh, English sides in Europe next season because it's usually kind of the same six or seven 
We're going to get Newcastle back in. Villa looking pretty good right now in the, in the race for Europe. And with the FA Cup now being contested between the Manchester sides and United already winning the League Cup, um, a second table position will go to a, a Europa League side. Um, so that, that could open up for even a Brighton or a Brentford maybe makes a run. So could get interesting late in the season for these kind of last European spots. And this is going to be a big one in that race. Um, speaking of Villa, Scott, another team that we pegged this week for a bounce back. They got the win. Um, they've been playing very well since Emery came back. And I, I put out a tweet saying, you know, if Arsenal doesn't win the league, is Emery manager of the year? And then some people pointed out, well, what about Eddie Howe? And I said, well, good shout there. I kind of, we've kind of gotten it. I, I want to say we're kind of taking uh, Newcastle for granted a little bit as our, our, our team of the pod since we dubbed them about a year and a half ago. Um, so Howe is probably the manager of the year, but Emery's doing a hell of a job since he got there. I think they were, were they like 17th when he got there or so? And now, Yeah, now up they were 50. in relegation. Yeah, 18. I think Jared had them in relegation, so yeah. yeah. So up to fifth, um, they're playing Manchester United, who's got some injuries along the back line. What what do you see in this one? I mean, this is this is a big one for Villa. This this could be a statement game for them. Yeah, and you know, I don't want to ruin any of my picks, but Villa have been probably the most consistent team on offense in 2023 by far for for at least any club in England. I don't know if there's anybody that's been scoring in like La Liga um, or maybe Bayern, uh, not Bayern, but in Germany where the, I know there's lots of goals. Um, but you can count on Villa to score pretty much week in and week out, which. I don't know that we've really seen in, in at least, you know, English football in, in a few years, right? Like even the city team has, has moments where they put up duds and, and they get, you know, shut out. So um, they've been in great form United unbeaten in 10 straight unbeaten in 10 straight. Yeah. Cause they, they beat Newcastle in, in that matchup. That was what a week and a half ago um, when yep. Newcastle were on a run. So you got to say, you know, based off of form alone, Villa have to be, you know who I would I would consider Villa the favorite in this one, but I get it. It's 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 in Manchester. Um, Manchester put up a great season this year. I think the the odds are a little bit off. I don't know that I would put. Yeah, Villa plus you know, three thirty, United minus yeah. one thirty, draw plus three hundred. So this is again before United plays Spurs. Maybe things go awry for them tomorrow. Maybe the lines fluctuate a little bit. But heading in without that game being played, to me, this is a big number for a Villa side that's been very, very good lately. We just mentioned 10 straight unbeaten. Like, you could get a double chance here at plus money probably or close to it. So definitely some value here. I mean, do you buy Villa going in and getting a result at United? I think it's well within the realm of possibility, right? We we talked about United having a pretty banged up back line. Uh, I'm not sure if Maguire is playing in this one. Like it, by all means, he should be with with the injuries that they have to to Martinez and and Varane. Um, but he's been just as bad as he he was, you know, a year ago, where he's giving up, you know, bad goals. He's scoring own goals. Like he, you really can't trust him. Um, and so the, they might have to do Ten Hag may have to do some sort of makeshift center half situation, yeah. or they may have to change their formation around to try to like hide that that hole in their their lineup. And if that's the case, you know, I can absolutely see Villa getting a couple goals in this one, and then it'll be yeah. up to United's attack to keep up. Um, so yeah, I mean, the odds here are it feels very off, which usually scares me in these kind of games because you know it, it feels like the books are tempting you to take Villa at least, you know, like you said, double chance if not a draw no bet. And then United come out of nowhere and have a great game, and, and they end this run that that Villa's been on. So yeah. it makes me very like nervous. Me that jump on those, <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> if if the books 
gave me worse odds for Villa, right? Like if you're talking about United minus 130 and Villa plus 330, if it was like United plus 130 and Villa plus 190, like I would be all over Villa in that sense. Cause then I would be like, all right, this makes sense to me. And I know that Villa are going to come through, but because the books have it so like dispersed here, it's like, it's scaring me off of it because they clearly know something that I'm not seeing. It's either that or they're really naive and they're not paying close enough attention to Villa. I mean, when what, does that happen, Coach? Yeah, when when are, right. when are books making mistakes this large? That's crazy. Maybe MLS early in the season, there was a few. But yeah. yeah, no, I know this is week match week 32, 33 we're getting into. So you should think they have it down to a science by now, which they generally do. Um, no player props up yet because there's still matches to be played tomorrow. I'd be really curious to see what Ollie Watkins' anytime score, goal, or assist number is because he's been really good. He's... And on the road, he's been really, really good. Like he's been he's been cooking on the road. Um, so I keep an eye on his number, just something to plant a seed to everybody out there. Um, either goal or assist, maybe some shot on target props. He's been one of our favorites in shot on target parlays. Um, oh, yeah, season. automatic. But I agree with you. I buy that Villa can most certainly get a result at United and could even get the three points at United and really make a statement in their quest for um, a, probably a Europa League spot at this point. Yeah, definitely. All right, coach, let's shift gears into Italy. We got two big matches uh, in Serie A this this weekend, both of them focusing on clubs from Rome and Milan. So in our opening one, we'll start with your club, Roma, uh, playing hosts to Milan. Uh, Right now, currently sitting in fourth and fifth place in the table. So we have a Champions League qualification spot very much in play in this matchup. In their first match this season, Roma made that comeback where they were down 2-0, and they managed to salvage a point at the San Siro. What do you see happening in this one? Milan looked great in the Champions League. They got great form. Roma, you know, maybe a little wishy-washy right now. Is this something for, for Roma fans to be concerned about? Or do you think that Roma has a bounce back in them? Yeah, so I mean, Vegas has this pretty much as a dead heat. The books have it, Roma plus 170, Milan plus 175. They're even on points, even on goal differential on the table. So this is a big one for, for both sides. Um with no midweek matches for once for these clubs with the weeks off from Europe. Now, my biggest concern at, from a Roma standpoint, and, and we saw it kind of bit them a little bit on Monday. Now, Monday, I think against Atalanta, where they lost that match through one, I think part of that was just the European fatigue hangover from playing that 120 minutes against Feyenoord on Thursday. Uh, Dybala didn't start. Chris Smalling uh, did not play. He got injured against Feyenoord. He's been a rock. I know United fans, if you've been living under a rock for a couple of seasons, he's actually been really good at Roma. He's been very important. I United know, can uh, use him. Yeah. Um, so to me, the biggest concern for Roma is, are they going to be able to keep, keep Milan off the scoreboard or at least hold them to one goal because Smalling's out. And then Diego Lorente, who's been pretty good at since his arrival from Leeds, ended up getting hurt very late in the match against Atalanta on Monday. So it leaves Roma with Mancini, Banyas, and either... Um, Max Kambula or reports are saying that Brian Cristante might shift back to a like kind of a sweeper center back role like he played a lot under Fonseca and um, uh, I think EDF played him a little bit there too as well uh, it you know he's a he's a midfielder not even a true defensive midfielder so that worries me a little bit um, Dybala had got a took a very tough tackle against Atalanta on Monday and now they're saying severe bruised ankle so he is questionable luckily not like any breaks or anything but um, he's been the magic man I think it from a Roma standpoint, I'm talking a lot from a Roma standpoint because that's the team I watch every week. That's my team. Lorenzo Pellegrini has now scored in three straight matches. He had a very good Europa League match against Feyenoord to help Roma get over the line. Assist Dybala's tying goal. 
he might be the key man for Roma in this one, just because he's starting to find his form. Maybe uh, Tammy can start to find his form too. He's kind of been involved in, in the goals the past few as well, which bodes well. From a Milan perspective, I know they they don't score the most either, um, you know, compared to some of the other sides. They're kind of up and down. Their defense, though, has been really good. Mike Magnan in goal is, is certainly a key for them. He is outstanding. Um, but when you look at their goal scoring record outside of, you know, they scored two on Lecce this past week. It was 1-1 against Napoli in Champions League, 1-1 against Bologna the week before that. Beat Napoli 1-0, 0-0 with Empoli. They did thrash Napoli 4-0 the first time head-to-head. But just going back through the month of March for you, for everyone, you know, lost 3-1 to Udinese, 1-1 Salernitana, 0-0 with Spurs, lost 2-1 to Fiorentina. So that's just the month of March and April. So you see that they they have their own issues scoring goals a lot of the time, which makes the smalling injury even more hurtful for Roma because it's like, well, wow, this is a team we probably cut a lot down and played that typical Mourinho ball and, you know, kind of shut it down and try to hit them on the counter. I know the books are looking at under. I think we mentioned before the the show the under was like minus one eighty or something. Um, I think it's it could be one of those who whoever scores first might get the the, the three points, um, or it could be a, like a one one maybe you split. But it, if if I think it's a race to two goals, I'm going to put it that way. If somebody finds two goals, I think they find a, the win in this one. Yeah, the books agree with you. Um, under two and a half is minus one ninety. So really don't see a lot of goals in this one, which I think plays into Roma's hands a little bit here. I think, I think if this so. is a, a game where there's going to be goals galore, it's it'd be tough for Roma. Um, you talked about Milan, three clean sheets in their last four league matches is a, a great, great stat, especially when you consider Napoli is, is in there somewhere. Um, I think more concerning for Roma is that Liao's looked really good um, lately. Yeah. Um, he had that great run against uh, Napoli in the Champions League that set up um, their their one goal that basically put the tie away um, and put them into the semis uh, and then picked up two goals against Le- Lecce this weekend, right? Yeah, Lecce. They had Lecce. Um, so he's in pretty good form. Uh, that's not good to hear if, if you're Roma just because outside of Leao, you know, I don't think Milan's attack is really all that dynamic and, and it should yeah. be pretty simple for Mourinho to set up Roma's side to kind of keep that Milan team at bay. But if Liao is going to be in the form that he's been in the last, you know, 10, 14 days, uh, I can see Milan picking up a pair uh, against this, this Roma defense. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I tend to be optimistic. This small injury worries me heading into this one with them and, and then Inter in the following week. It's a very tough stretch for Roma. It's not like a, a do or die. I don't think, you know, there's still lots to play and, and we've talked about how up and down these, these squads have been in, in Italy all season long, but um, you know, it does feel like a win here gives you the inside track on that, that champions league qualification yeah. for sure. Yeah. I, I think that's what it is. I think you're absolutely right. A, a draw for, for both teams, you still at the very worst are level with Inter after the weekend. So you're still technically in a, a tie for fourth place, last champions league spot, but a win is like, gives you that boost, right? It puts you three up on, on the other side. You're still at least two up on Inter, depending on their result. So it would be a big boost. And if, if Juve drops points, you're, you're closing it on third. So it's uh, definitely a win goes a long way in this one. For sure. All right, let's go to the other Rome versus Milan matchup. This time we've got Inter hosting Lazio. I think of all the teams that we're talking about today, the team that needs the result the most might be Inter. Um, they are just falling ever so slightly adrift of top four. Um, they're still very much in the mix, but I think if they lose to Lazio here at home, that's going to 
make their 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 battle a bit more uphill than it, than it really needs to be. Um, on the flip side, Lazio here still sitting in second place. I think they're probably happy with a draw. I mean, that that pretty much gives them a comfortable path to top four. Um, not done and dusted by any means, as Nick will be sure to tell you, sorry, is unpredictable. Um, but <laughs> I think, uh, you know, getting a point at the San Zero against even the somewhat down Inter Milan side is, is, is a, a positive result for a squad that's really just trying to achieve top four. Yeah, um, Inter, I think, needs the win. I think Inter needs to win way more. Um, they've got Roma next weekend. I, everybody's got a midweek match shoved in between mostly upper against lower table matches. Um, but they've got Roma next weekend at at the Olympico. So they've got both Rome clubs back-to-back. Um, besides them having to play the, the Champions League matches, they're going to have a Coppa Italia final somewhere shoved in there and, and toward late in May. And right, right after that, they play Atalanta. And right before that, they play Napoli. And Napoli might be done by then with the league title, but... They'd sure love to play spoiler against a big club. Spalletti used to manage in terms of he'd love to stick it back to them a little bit. So looking at their calendar, their calendar is, I think, probably the toughest left in the league, even even excluding the Copa and the Champions League matches. They play a lot of big clubs still, whereas Lazio, even with the tough a few tough matches they have left, they have that numerical advantage, right? That points advantage where if you get through this, you've got Milan in a couple weeks, you know, Milan next week. And so I interesting schedule making they're actually flip-flopping the the two lots um rome um milan <laughs> matches but yeah. after that listen to the rest of lazio so they've got sassuolo midweek milan away then it's lecce home udinese away cremonese home empoli away so i mean if, if they get through inter with three oh. points i don't see how and nick would argue otherwise because he tends yeah. to be a, a pessimist debbie downer he is a debbie <laughs> downer especially with his own teams um it's a pretty easy schedule Let's be honest. Yeah, they should absolutely be beating Lecce and Cremonese at home. Uh, and you'd think at least one of Empoli and Udinese away is, is a, yeah. a win. Um, so there's You're nine of your at... last nine points yeah. in your last four games. That should be enough, especially with, yeah. like you said, some of the the, the, the schedules for the, the Milan clubs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I agree. I mean, it, it's it's hard to see a path to top four here for Inter without a win. Um, yeah, crazier things have happened, but... Um, I think between the uphill climb and the fact that they're still competing for, for the champions league. So they might just say, listen, we got to put our eggs into this basket and rotate if we need to. And on the weekend and make sure we're fresh. Um, You know, that's certainly something that they're going to have to consider. Whereas Lazio, not so much of a concern, Roma, not so much of a concern, Milan. Sure. It's a concern, but um, you know, I wouldn't be happy if I'm inter I'm battling with Milan for the fourth spot in Champions League qualification. Yeah, and and possibly Roma still too, right? So it's it's a it's a big mix there. Um yeah. and just to give the betting lines this this has a very much united Villa feel in terms of the lines. Inter at home minus 130, Lazio plus 320 on the road, plus 215 draw no bet. That to me, with Inter coming off a of midweek today in a Copa Italia one nothing semifinal win against Juve, going to be less rested. I mean, the, the matches have been piling up for them for a while now. Lazio's been out of Europe for over a month now. Lazio should be pretty rested, and and that to me is a very big number. We have a pick later in this match, but if if I were to say buy or sell Lazio to get a result, man, that draw no bet, and I'm going to take a quick look at the uh, double chance. It's minus one ten, I think. Minus I have five. Okay, I have Lazio that's plus it. half a goal at minus one ten. Double chance minus yeah. one hundred five. 
to me, that's, that's really a good. buy all day, right? To, to buy yeah. Lazio to get a result, not even win, just get a result at minus 105. I'd buy it. Yeah, I definitely agree. And that pains um, me as a Roma fan. <laughs> Nick Nick would Nick will disagree. He'll call us crazy when he's listening to this. But uh, from an unbiased standpoint, and I mean, I think Saudi has set the team up really well against you know teams in the top four. So mm-hmm. um, I think there's a little bit of confidence there. And the way that Lazio's defense has played has been miles better than Inter's this season. So uh, I think mm-hmm. that also gives them that little bit of an edge. Where listen, if it's a grinded out game. I would have more confident in, in Lazio holding up their end of the bargain in the last 15 minutes than, than Inter. So um, I would absolutely buy the the double chance plus half a goal, whatever you want to take uh, in this one for Lazio. 100%. Yeah, no question. All right. Well, let's transition. Right, so I think that sets us up, right? Into our, our hat trick of picks. We're doing okay. We've just been treading water these last like month or so. Um, we're, we're four and five here, five and five there, five and four this week four and five and then a week later. So we're trying to get ourselves off the, uh, the mundane here. We're trying to get ourselves a bit winning week, maybe a seven, three, maybe an eight, two, who knows 10 and O is still on the table. Um, and so I will kick things off because I have a winner that I know is going to hit. And that's going to be Leicester versus Everton under two and a half. It's minus minus one thirty, So not the most amount of juice you're going to get, but let's call spade a spade. This is a loser leaves town match. Um, I think if either of these teams lose this game, they're doomed to relegation. Everton currently sitting, I think in 19th place, um, Leicester, maybe in 18th, maybe in 17th, depending on how results shake out on Thursday. Um, a loss here is, is devastating to them because especially Everton has a, a diesel schedule following that, uh, they have city and, and I think, uh, Brighton. Um, so not a good, matchup for them neither team is really scoring much at all um look Leicester just failed to score two goals against Leeds and Leeds have been giving up goals like nobody's business um I think their first time that's been that's happened for Leeds in, in seven matches so not exactly a uh point of uh emphasis for for Leicester in this one um I think Everton at home with Daesh are going to be a very defensive setup. Um, they know that they can hold serve and maybe get a cheap counter that they'll, you know, come away and, and have a good shot at, at maybe escaping the relegation zone, whereas a, a loss is dooming. So I'll take the under two and a half. I'd be surprised if there's more than one goal in this one, to be honest with you, but um, two and a half feels pretty safe. Yeah. So we've got a few unders on, on the board today, uh, this week. So I guess we're, we're hoping for some boring football on the weekend, but I'm going with another under as my first Atalanta at Torino under two and a half at minus minus one thirty. Torino has stayed under three goals in six of their last seven. Atalanta in four of seven. Torino just doesn't score much, and Atalanta's defense has been better of late. This just feels like an under to me. Uh, I know the first match was a 2-1. I, I think this one stays under, though. I think Atalanta is probably going to take care of business, maybe a 1-0, 2-0 win, and I, I think just get out of turn with three points. Yeah. Uh, Adela- Torino, always an easy under for me, so I will support that anytime it comes up. For my second pick... I'm going to take Aston Villa. We just discussed hottest team in in England right now, probably. Um, They're playing at Manchester United. I'm going to actually take them plus the three-quarter line uh, goal uh, odds here. It's minus 125. Villa had maybe their worst match of the season uh, against Brentford last weekend, but they still managed to get a point out of it. Um, They were very much on the back foot most of this game. Brentford did a poor job in finishing their chances, but... Sometimes that's that's what you need in order to to succeed in this game. Um, as we talked about, their offense is automatic, so I can count on them to get at least a goal here, if not a few, especially with the way that United's back line has been. Um, 
really to me, I, I'm taking the three quarters line here just in case this is a game where it kind of becomes a shootout and United's attack is getting two goals and Villa has two goals. And you really don't want to be sweating it out if, if United pull out that that 90th minute goal, especially uh, at home. So I'll take the three quarters of line here. I'm giving up a little bit of juice, but at minus 125, that's still well within the realm of acceptable uh, value for me. Yeah, I like Villa on the road this week to get some kind of results. So I, I like I like the pick. Uh, I'm going with Monza. Draw no bet at minus 115 at Spezia. Monza has won back-to-back matches against Fiorentina and Inter. Spezia hasn't won in their last five. They have three draws and two losses. Monza won the reverse fixture at home 2-0. I'm riding the confident side here. Spezia is just above the relegation zone, battling it. And I think at the very worst, Monza gets a draw and you get your money back. I very nearly took Monza as I was scrounging around for my third pick um so i am on board with you on this one um they're not the sexiest squad in italy by any means no. but they did get a nice result against fiorentina so um and they took a win against inter inter they beat ago. inter yeah yeah so, beat inter and drew uh beat fiorentina back to back week so the, the confidence is there if they, if they were at home i would take a money line but just because they're on the road i'll go draw no bet yeah so that's that's a great friday pick right because it's a pretty safe and it's a nice little way to kind of get yourself going into the weekend my third and final lock, I'm actually going to take an over. Uh, I'm going with Leeds at Burnmouth. The over two and a half is minus 115. This line, I'm taking this pick mostly because I love Burnmouth on the money line here. Um, I think Burnmouth at home versus a very not good Leeds team is a no-brainer. But for some reason, the books have Burnmouth as very slight underdogs. They're plus 170 to uh, Leeds. I think we're minus or we're plus 130. Um, so I can't really make heads or tails of why the books are giving leads a better chance at, at winning this one. Um, but if that's the case, the only way that that happens is if there's lots of goals, um, we know yeah. Leeds defense has been bad. Uh, yeah, they did just have a, a, a match where they held, um, Lester to one goal, but I wouldn't count on that happening again. Burmouth have been pretty decent. My guy, Dominic Solanke is, has been pretty solid up top for them. So uh, I like their chances here in getting a couple goals. Um, so at the very least, you, you could probably expect two out of Burnmouth. Um, so worst case scenarios, it's a Burnmouth to a win and you don't get it. But uh, I think Leeds can get one. Um, it might be one of those high scoring games that Leeds is coming out with desperation and, and you see like a five or six goal match, but over two and a half should be well within the possibility here. Yeah, I know Leeds went under yesterday against Leicester, but that was one of those matches where you should have had more, right? It just should have been more than a one yep. one. They, they yeah, Vardy, Vardy messed it up, really. He yeah. he had that chance in whatever the 85th minute and just stepped off sides when he was basically clear on, on goal against the keeper and just needed the cross, and that's pretty much killed it. Yeah. Um, I'm going with West Ham. Draw no bet, minus 110 at Palace in my last one. Bounce back game. Bo- yeah, both teams played midweek, both lost. This pick just feels right. Something just tells me West Ham is going to get the job done and take one step closer to salvation. It's kind of like one of those things you go, honey, West Ham or, or Crystal Palace, and she goes West Ham, and like you just ride with it. it there's just something. I almost took West Ham today, and they almost got the job done had it not been for that that VAR called back goal um, on the weekend. I regretted not taking them because I really did like them on the weekend. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with them here. Maybe they'll bite me this time because I didn't take them last weekend. But something just feels like they at least get the draw at Palace, and that's why I'm gonna take the draw no bet. But I, I think they get the result. Yeah, that's fair. I've talked about how Crystal Palace to me are like the most like so schizophrenic team in yeah. Premier League. In April, they started off with three straight wins. They beat Leicester City 2-1. They beat Leeds United 5-1, excuse me. And then they beat Southampton 2-0. So feeling pretty good. They play Everton. 
get a draw, 0-0 draw on that one, that they go to Wolves, they lose 2-0, now they get West Ham. So these are all teams that are in like the bottom six or seven of the table, and the results have just been very mixed. So I think it's very fair to take West Ham here just because if they're going to match their second half of April, that's going to be the way it goes. It's going to be a West Ham result. Um, so I, I like the pick. All right, so that takes us to Nick Pick. Uh, Nick gave us his three picks, even though he did not show up tonight. So he has, and I'll go through him. He didn't. He didn't get to finish his rationale here. I guess he was going to give it to us live. But uh, Empoli double chance plus one hundred five at Sassuolo. Uh, then he goes to Atalanta team total over one and a half. Going against you, coach. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess we have to root for a two nothing uh, win, right? We're threading a needle. Yeah, Let's put this way. Reading- there's no way we lose both of these picks, right? There's no way. There's no way hit, Torino. Right? Yeah, say, there's no way that Torino wins like three nothing. Impossible. No way, right? There's no way Torino wins three nothing, or, or even two one. I don't think even two so. one. Well, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we could possible. both lose, but that would I be, might uh, put a sneaky wager yeah. on like the exact score line Torino two one. We might see yeah. it. <laughs> um, so Adelanta team total over one and a half plus one forty at Torino, and his last one he goes to MLS. NYCFC draw no bet plus 115 at Toronto FC. Um, I can tell you Toronto's been pretty awful this year, so I can see where he's going with that one. Fair enough. And then we'll close things out with our pod lock of the week. We missed last week, so it's well rested this week. And we're going to go back to a game that we discussed in by ourselves. It's going to be Lazio at Inter Milan. We're taking the under two and a half at minus 135. Uh, Lazio's defense has been probably one of the best defenses in Italy all season Joy. long. Join with Napoli, lowest goal conceded total. Yeah, and, and and Inter's it's it's been decent for most of the season. I think they've had a few bad results that have kind of inflated their goals uh, allowed metric there. But um, at home, you got to figure that they're going to be as solid as they can be. Immobile is somehow available after a car crash that broke several ribs. We've been trying he's to figure out how he's going to play. Tram, yeah, I don't know how so, that's possible, but we'll just say he's at at best not a hundred percent. Um, so I, I don't see Lazio coming away with like two or three goals in this one. I think that's really the only way this, this misses if Lazio come away with, you know, multiple goals. So, uh, it feels pretty safe. Minus 135 again, not, you know, the, the juiciest of lines, but certainly a, a pretty solid winner that you can feel pretty good about locking in early. Yeah. So that, that's where we are uh, at this point. Thanks again for listening. If, uh, you're a patron or you're interested in becoming a patron, we will be posting our weekend, um, prop picks um in the premier league sometimes there are a few city out we also do our weekend mls picks nick and i've been doing so a lot of extra content there early access to these picks written access to these picks so a lot of benefits for just five dollars a month so we'd love for you to to give it a try check it out you know what worst thing you you come for a month you're not satisfied you you can tell us to to go shove it (laughs) but uh we think you we think you'll enjoy we appreciate everybody listening to the show and uh good luck on the weekend